Hello, everyone, and welcome to the fourth episode of the DNA Football Talk podcast. I am one of the hosts, David. I am joined, as always, by my good friend, Anthony. Anthony, how are we doing today, man? Episode four now. Oh, yeah, it's great, man. We're doing doing great with the podcast at this point. Happy belated birthday, by the way. Thank you. Thank you. We went out and celebrated a little bit last night and had a great time. You came in clutch with the Mike Allstott jersey. I love it, bro. I appreciate it. Uh, uh, no problem, man. I always come through for you. Heck yeah, man. I'm pumped. Man, I saw that number 40 and I'm like, no way he just got me this Mike Allstott. I was like, when you handed me the bag, I knew it was going to be a jersey of some sorts because that's just kind of how it felt. And I was thinking maybe a Mike Evans, maybe a Devin White. I don't know, man. I didn't know what you had up your sleeve. But then I pulled it out, and I saw 4-0 on that jersey, and that is my all-time favorite Buccaneer right there. So I love it, man. Oh, yeah, I had to come through with the A-Train, you know? (laughs) I knew he was your favorite. (laughs) Yes, sir, the A-Train. All start up the gut. That's how that's that's how they announced it, man. Every single time, every single time. I love it. Yeah, man, we had a we had a pretty good week. We had, you know, like I said, we celebrated a little bit my birthday last night. I appreciate you coming out. Mm -hmm. We had some good laughs. We had some good times. And, uh, you know, I mean, wasn't the best night for the city of Tampa as the Lightning did lose seven to nothing to the Colorado Avalanche to go down two nothing in the Stanley Cup finals. But I believe we're back in Tampa tomorrow. That will be Monday. And I believe we're gonna win. And if you I mean if you guys don't, it's 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 over at that point. You you're down three nothing. I I've seen the Lightning do crazy things in the playoffs at this point, but three nothing's in the Stanley Cup is oh yeah, that that's almost impossible. Yeah, it would definitely be a, a long climb back up the hill if we got down three games. But let's not even speak that into existence and let's not even continue to talk about hockey because this is a football talk. Anthony, it was a slow week in the NFL, man. Yeah, it really was. But Minka Fitzpatrick, one of the top safeties in the league, got the bag. Four years, $73 million. Definitely I'd argue he's top two or three in the league as far as safeties go. One of the best players to do it right now, and he definitely deserved it. Oh, yeah, for sure. No question about it. He's been a staple in that Pittsburgh Steelers defense ever since he's got there. And when he's not on the field, they definitely miss his presence. He can play coverage. He can play inside the box. He can go from sideline to sideline with his speed and athleticism. Yeah, he definitely deserves those uh, four years. And, uh, you know, hey, congrats to Pittsburgh. You got yourselves a guy on the defensive side of the ball for the next several years. So hopefully they can kind of, you know, get a Pittsburgh Steeler-type defense built around him and uh, maybe get back to those winning ways in in, uh, Pittsburgh. Yeah, they're definitely going to be competing with some tough competition this year as far as that division goes with Cincinnati. But like you said, they they have a couple staples on the defensive side of the ball now. They got Minka locked up. They got TJ Watt still under a rookie deal. So they're they're definitely looking looking pretty good on the on the defensive side of the ball this coming season. Yeah. Well, I mean that's what Pittsburgh is known for. So but I love it. I I know Pittsburgh loves it. And uh yeah, but it is gonna be a tough division to win with Cincinnati, with Baltimore. Cleveland, I mean, maybe. I mean, who knows what's going on with Cleveland. But, uh, yeah, it's definitely going to be. Pittsburgh doesn't run that division anymore. That's for sure. So it's going to be interesting to see. But, yeah, congrats to Minka Fitzpatrick on uh, getting the bag. Speaking of players who, well, deserve the bag at this point, we haven't seen Nick Bosa get a contract at this point. Roquan Smith Smith still needs an extension. Damian Harris over in New England is still looking for an extension, but I, I don't think New England of all teams is going to give it to him. Terry McLaurin over in Washington, he, he definitely deserves a big-time payday. 
And then there's Debo Samuel with all his contract issues going on. So, but of those guys, I I really feel like Nick Bosa has earned his stripes and has to, he's a terror on that defensive line when he's healthy. And yeah. I feel like he's definitely one of the most deserving right now to to get paid. Yeah, I mean, definitely Nick Bosa. I mean, all those guys, first of all, deserves to get paid um, because they've they've proven themselves to be a high caliber NFL player. They've proven themselves to be reliable. Um, Nick Bosa, he has had some injury issues over the last couple of seasons. So I can understand if the 49ers would be a little hesitant to maybe pull the trigger. But I mean, at the end of the day, I think he's definitely going to get paid. Um, by the 49ers, and he's going to continue to be a staple in that defense. Scary Terry, Debo Samuel, I mean, with the wide receiver market, it, how it is right now, they're bound to get a huge payday, especially just, you know, their – well, Debo especially because he's, you know, he, he can be used as like a Cordell Patterson, and, you know, he can just be kind of everywhere on the field if you really need him. Scary Terry has been sure hands in Washington since he's come into the NFL. Um, you know what, man? I'm looking at Smith, though, and I think that he probably is the most deserving for on, on my personal opinion because you look at him, he's a staple in Chicago. He's been consistent his entire NFL career, and he's had not great defense around him, not a great team around him overall, and the coaching staff has been subpar at best. So I think he definitely deserves to get paid more so than probably anyone else on this list. I mean, I don't know. but I mean, it's impressive that because I'm looking at it right now. He's as an inside linebacker to get 14 sacks coming up the middle like that. I'll give you that. That's pretty impressive. But in three years, in three years, Nick Bosa has gotten 24 sacks, and he met, he did miss almost an entire season back in 2020. But he got 15 and a half sacks last season. He, he's he's a game record, man. I don't, I don't, I don't well, know. Well, yeah, he what, is. But you just said it. Smith comes up the middle. Bosa's on the edge. Bosa is supposed to get to the quarterback. Smith doesn't. He has to play coverage. He has to watch the running backs. For him to get 14 sacks up the middle? Come on, man. Come on. It's, you know, he's going above and beyond at this point for what he is, you know, supposed to do, I guess you're, I guess you can say. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, no, Smith, come on. I mean, look at, look at Chicago. Look at how they've been the last several years. Smith yeah. has been so consistent. You know, at this point, getting a little off top of your wish Chicago and it being father's day, which by the way, happy father's day to all the fathers out there. Happy um, father's day. Yes. Today when we are recording, it is June 19th. It is father's day. We probably should have said that last episode. So then that way we weren't going to be late, but we're learning, we're learning. So happy father's day to all you dads out there. Thank you for being dads, especially in today's society. We need more dads. Definitely, man. Definitely uh, happy to have him around. But as far as the Father's Day thing goes, I'm surprised the Bears haven't sent uh, old Aaron Rodgers up in Green Bay a Father's Day card because, you know, we he's been kind of a father to them uh-huh. at this point in his career because they're, they're like our sons in that division at this point. Man. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. You know, I saw a thing on a social media account that I follow it's like an NFL meme page and it was a tweet by Tom Brady. And it was, he was just like, happy father's day. Uh, thank you, dad, for being the best dad. And then Eli Manning replied and he was just like, you know, Hey, I appreciate you, son. Thank you for, you know, being, you know, such a good learner and everything. And then Nick Foles replied to Eli Manning's tweet to Tom Brady. And he was just like, Hey, how does it feel to have two dads and everything? It was awesome. <laughs> I, I got a good laugh out of it because, you know, of course, the story goes Eli Manning, Nick Foles. Those two gentlemen have done what no one else has been able to do in the Super Bowl against Tom Brady, and that is actually win. And so it was just a it was a good laugh. It was definitely a good laugh. So, um, 
Yeah, no, it was it was awesome. <laughs> I thought that that was really funny. Oh yeah, that, definitely. I, I've I've seen a few of those today about all that, and it's <laughs> it's it's a good laugh. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. But getting back on to on to topic here, Broquan. Compare because I've seen what Nick Bosa has done at least to us, and just single handedly terrorizing our offensive line in the playoffs. And I've and when he did get hurt, it, I don't even think it was really his fault because a lot of other 49ers got hurt because they all played one game at MetLife. I want to say it was MetLife, and their turf was awful, and everybody, a lot of people tore their ACLs in that one game. Yeah. I think I remember that game that you're talking about. And that was a big issue. Hey, so kind of to stay on that subject, doesn't Heinz Field has like a reputation for that of just being a god-awful field to play on? I I know the <clears throat> the field can get pretty bad there. I don't know about the rest of the condition of the stadium itself, but I know the field itself is pretty old and it can it can be pretty detrimental to the players at that point. Yeah. Well, speaking speaking of old, Julian Edelman, is he going to come back to the NFL and play with the Patriots? You know, he's put out these tweets in the past before as April Fool's jokes, but I saw one recently, God, you brought it up, because he came out and said if he did make a comeback to the NFL, he'd want to just come back to the Patriots. No affiliation with Tom Brady or anything like that. He just wants to go back to the Patriots if he did make a comeback. And I I really don't know how to feel about it because at this point they're kind of a middle-of-the-road team, I would say, because they still have a pretty decent defense, but their offense hasn't been what it's been before um, Tom Brady left, you know? Yeah, I mean, but it has been pretty impressive to see Bill Belichick take that team after Tom Brady left. You know, I feel like it was a true dismantle of that team because – I mean, Tom Brady was the Patriot. Like, he was that team. Now, I don't want to, you know, overlook any other great players that played around Tom Brady. But, I mean, he really helped build that culture with Bill Belichick. And then when he left, I feel like they they took a season and they, you know, got it turned around. And then last year we saw them make it to the playoffs. Now, it was a you know, first round exit after the, you know, after they didn't make it to the playoffs. But I mean, still that's, that's pretty impressive. Yeah. To take a rookie quarterback like that all the way, even into the playoffs and, and by, uh, and by far a rookie quarterback that nobody really believed in who would make fun of his arm strength and everything like that. And so to, to go through all that and still even get to the playoffs and then just run into a buzzsaw that is the Buffalo bills and, get creamed like they did well yeah it, it's a learn it's a learning experience for mac jones and that whole patriots team at that point uh, to come back and try to get at least get back to the point they were if not further at that point. yeah if anything y- you kind of think that julian edelman might be able to play a good veteran role for mac jones you know he can be that reliable receiver he can kind of help mac jones see the field a little bit because Julian Edelman was a quarterback once upon a time. So maybe he can come in and he does have a role on the offense, but maybe more so just to kind of get into the ear of Mac Jones a little bit more. But I feel like if that was the case, then maybe he would just come back as a coach or he would, I'm sure he would be invited back into the, you know, into the facility, you know, cause it is Julian Edelman. So, I mean, but I mean, who, who knows, you know, but I do think that Julian Edelman would be a great, one year kind of experiment, I guess you can say for Mac Jones, just to see what a good veteran um, wide receiver can do for, you know, a young quarterback. So. See, and I agree with you to a point because he's only, he's only 36 years old. Yeah. 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 I think of that. I, I think if he did come back, he might come back for maybe two, maybe three years at that point and really give, Mac Jones some good development over there in New England. Try it and just give him a, a solid receiver to to have on that roster. You know? Yeah, I mean, who knows? I mean, everyone thought that Tom Brady was going to come into Tampa, and he did sign that three year deal. 
He played two of them, retired, decided to come back out of retirement. Now there's question, is he going to continue to play after this year? Is he going to ride off into the sunset? What's going to be the deal? So, I mean, you never really know when a player comes back out of retirement. You don't know what their plan is. You don't know what their idea is. And Julian Edelman, he retired last year. So he wasn't in the league last year, right? Yeah, yeah. He wasn't in the league at all last year. And you got to think of the reasons why a player would retire. Is it just, is it just mentally draining at this point with, with any pain they may be waking up with when they're done playing a game, or is it just the lack of motivation to want to play football anymore? And it's, it's all very personal behind closed doors things that a player has to think about. You know. Yeah, absolutely. You know, so I mean, maybe Julian Edelman took this last year, rested his body, took care of his body. His body, you know, probably now feels a lot better than it has been, you know, especially this time of year. And uh, maybe he's just like, oh, I can still play, you know. So, I mean, but I would, I mean, I love Julian Edelman. I think he's a great wide receiver. I think he'd be great for Mac Jones, um, you know, and I don't see the Patriots not not welcome him, welcoming him back with open arms. So, yeah, I definitely think that that would be, uh, you know, Interesting to see how that develops over the next, you know, few weeks or so. Oh, yeah, definitely. I will keep an eye on it. But like I said, he's known for putting out tweets like that. Like he's he's actually put out like April Fool's tweets and stuff about eh, I might come back. I might maybe not. I don't know. But <laughs> but as far as on the topic of wide receiver QB combos, and there's there's a couple new veteran and um, veteran QB receiver connections that are going to be happening this season. Like you got Michael Pittman and Matt Ryan over in Indy. You got Jerry Judy and Russell Wilson in Denver now. Obviously, Devontae Adams and Derek Carr, and even uh, Carson Wentz and Scary Terry up in Washington now. So I'm curious to see where those guys will go, but I feel like as far as the connection goes and who's going to have the best season, I really – I really think the Raiders and, and Derek Carr and Devontae are going to have the best of all because they already have a previous connection from uh, Fresno State and college and everything. I feel like they're just going to hit the ground running this season. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, I don't see why, you know, they want to be able to pick up right where they, right where they left off. Um, so it would definitely – that is probably my top pick as well as far as what quarterback and what receiver is going to benefit the most – um, but you know what? I actually am kind of curious to see Scary Terry and Carson Wentz. I think Carson Wentz might look pretty good with Scary Terry. So I know that he didn't look good in, in you know, Indianapolis and, you know, it was just a one year stint for him and, you know, there, but I mean, Indianapolis really doesn't have a whole lot of weapons. I mean, Michael Pittman Jr. Yeah. He's, you know, uh, I mean, he's all right. You know, I want to yeah. put him in, 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 in a league of his own, like a Devontae Adams or something like that. And the way that Carson Wentz likes to play the quarterback and how he likes to throw the ball, you know, he doesn't like to do the long plays down the field. He likes it, you know, 10, 15 yards, you know, just kind of dump passing it. And I think McLaurin is – the best wide receiver for Carson Wentz right now, you know? So I think that Carson Wentz might have a little bit of a comeback year. Not necessarily. He's going to be like league, you know, leading and, and passing yards or anything else like that. But I don't, I want to be surprised if Carson Wentz has a, has a better stay with Washington than he did with Indianapolis. Oh yeah, definitely. Cause he, you know, he's a former MVP and I don't think you just fall off a cliff after coming off a, an almost MVP year when he was in Philly. Uh, and at the same time, he also didn't have the weapons that you'd like to see in a, in a good receiver room as far as the Indianapolis Colts go. Obviously, they had Jonathan Taylor, but he can only do so much at that point. But and like you said, Michael Pittman, he's, he's all right. He's still got some room to grow. And we'll see what he can do with Matt Ryan this year. But definitely excited to see what Carson Wentz can do. But as as far as the developed relationships go, I I, I still feel like yeah, Derek Carr and Devontae, they're they're just gonna tear it tear it up in in Las Vegas. 
Well, well it also been... helps that sorry to interrupt, but it also helps that you have Winfro, Waller, Josh Jacobs still all in that offense. So I mean, Devontae Adams almost is like the cherry on top, you know, for the for that offense. So yeah, I mean, I I, I agree with you. I, I think that Devontae Adams and Derek Carr are gonna have the best connection as far as this year's with veteran quarterbacks and new wide receivers and everything. So yeah, I can agree with that. And speaking on receivers and quarterbacks at this point, I guess uh, Tyreek Hill in Miami had some uh, had some words to say about his new quarterback and his old one, Patrick Mahomes, and saying that Tua is more accurate than Patrick Mahomes, but Mahomes has a stronger arm, and I wholeheartedly disagree with what he's saying at that point because yeah Patrick Mahomes has made some incredible plays and as far as the accuracy goes I I just I haven't seen it yet from Tua at this point and I feel like this is his prove it year with with Tyreek Hill yeah I mean Tua definitely doesn't have any more excuses um you know not to be the quarterback who we the Miami Dolphins wanted him to be when they drafted him especially over Justin Herbert and to see the success that Herbert is having out there in, um, you know, Los Angeles with the chargers. But again, I, I agree. You know, I don't think that Tyreek, this kind of ties back into what we were talking about last week. Is he just saying that just to, you know, for good PR, you know, I mean, cause George Kittle, you know, put over Trey Lance you know, Cameron Bray, you know, said that he feels like, you know, Kyle Trask is doing everything that he should do in Tampa right now. You know, so, I mean, these are veteran players. They have younger quarterbacks, you know, and it's like, what are you supposed to say? You know, that's your teammate. That is your quarterback. Through him, you win games, you know. So I feel like he was being nice for sure. Now, I mean, he might wholeheartedly believe that, but, I mean, we've seen Patrick Mahomes. I saw Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl against Tampa a couple of years ago literally be parallel with the f- ground in a Superman position and throw the ball 50, 40 yards down the field and hit his guy right in the face mask. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. what accuracy? Two is more accurate than Patrick Mahomes? Come on. No one believes that. No one believes that. And if Tyree Kill is saying that and he truly believes, he's just trying to make himself believe that because he knows dang well that Tua is not more accurate than Patrick Mahomes. He's just trying to be a good teammate, which I don't fault him for. I'm okay with it. You know, and it was in his new podcast, which I think that was his first episode with that podcast. And you know, with him being a, a, a well-known player and everything, come on, man. That gets clicks like nothing else. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I don't believe that. I think that he was just being a good teammate, which, you know, good on good on Tyreek. But come on. To sit here and say two is better than Patrick Mahomes in the accuracy department, get out of here. Uh, and, I mean, of course he's going to be more accurate when all you're running – at least of what I think they're going to be running this year is little 10, 15 yard gadget plays to, to get down the field. Like, I don't, I, I don't get it. <laughs> oh yeah. No, they're, they're going to be very methodical going down the field. They're not going to be, you know, a four to five drive team on offense. They are going to probably be almost three downs every single, you know, every single first down. And, you know, they're just going to, Move the ball slowly but surely down the field. Now you're going to have the plays where you have Tyree Kill. He breaks out for a 70-yard play or something like that. Or, you know, Jalen Waddle because he has great speed too. Or, <clears throat> you know, something. You're going to have those plays. But for the most part, yeah, I don't see it. I don't see, I don't see Miami going to this, you know, like, oh, we're going to score in two plays. Because that's what Kansas City did. Kansas City would be on the offense for, you know, what, maybe a minute and a half, two minutes, and they'll be off the field with seven points, you know. So, 
Yeah, hey, you know what? Good job, Tyreek. Good job. A little pat <laughs> on the back. A <laughs> little, little round of applause for being a good teammate to Tua, man. That's your quarterback. Don't let anyone else say that. <laughs> so, But I don't believe a word that he's saying. So, and I don't think most of America believes it either. And he's, I feel like he's definitely going to drop off, as far as his numbers go, pretty dramatically because he's leaving – behind the system with Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. And that's and just that, that culture that they had built up already at that point. And you're oh, going yeah. into a brand-new head coach, a first-year head coach at that, with Tua, who has yet to prove himself at quarterback. So it's it, there's no consistency with it. There's no... There's, there's no there's no judging what's going to happen this season as far as as far as that goes because of the inconsistencies that they have on offense. Right, exactly. And you know, you got to remember they're still in the same division with the Buffalo Bills and the Buffalo Bills are going to be I mean, they're going to be the team to beat in the AFC this year, I I believe. Although I did have the Chargers as my Super Bowl prediction, I still think that the Buffalo Bills are going to be the team to beat as far as, you know, their record. They'll probably have the best record in the AFC. And so, I mean, it's going to be tough for Miami. It's, I mean, it's definitely, you know, I mean, they got all the pieces. You know, their defense looks really good. You know, their offense, obviously, with the addition of Tyree Kill, it's going to look good. You got an offensive-minded coach. So I want to be surprised if they win 11, 12 games. I want to be surprised. But I don't, I don't know. We'll see. Only time will tell at this point. Yeah, there's definitely a giant question mark on the Miami Dolphins right now as to what they're going to be doing next season. Yeah, for sure. Who knows if they're going to win. But speaking of winning, Russell Wilson says that he wanted to play for a winning team. So does that mean Seahawks weren't a winning team to him? Is that what he's saying? Or is he just saying that he didn't want to go to a team that was in the rebuild, which is exactly what the Denver Broncos are. <laughs> that, that, that's what uh, I wouldn't say the Broncos are completely in a rebuild, but I think he can see the writing on the wall in Seattle because slowly huh. but surely the pieces that made that team great just either left or retired or whatever with each of their, which each, each passing season. And it, he could see the writing on the wall at that point. And he still obviously is a very competitive quarterback. He, just loves the game of football in general. Yeah. And and you, it's hard because you, you see Denver, it looked like they were just a quarterback away from, from making it to the promised land at that point. But then you look at the rest of the, of the division and they're pretty stacked up as well at that point. Oh yeah. That division is by far the toughest division in the NFL. And I don't, Gosh, you know, this is going to sound like such a hypocrite because I picked the Chargers as my Super Bowl winner. Or not my Super Bowl winner, but my Super Bowl for the a- but the team to play and to host the AFC for the Super Bowl. but um, Or to represent the AFC in the Super Bowl. But I honestly would not be surprised if the Raiders end up being the champions of that division next year. The Raiders of all... Of all four of those, that's that that's what you're going with. Yeah. <laughs> I think they got a pretty decent defense, you know. They got, you know, uh the new quarterback or the new quarterback, the new head coach and Mike McDaniels, you know, and they Devontae Adams, I'm telling you, man, that offense is gonna be hard to beat. And Derek Carr is not a bad quarterback, you know. So I don't I don't I wanna be surprised. You know, you still got the Kansas City Chiefs, but I think that with the missing of Tyree Kill this year because he's now in Miami, I don't know if they're going to be the Chiefs anymore. And I kind of feel like everyone has a blueprint on how to beat the Chiefs now. You know, I mean, it's not easy to execute, but I feel like everyone kind of understands, okay, this is what we need to do, and if we execute it, we can beat them. See, I I don't don't know because you had – you had but you had not Buffalo, you had the LA Chargers coming out of the AFC entirely and making it to the Super Bowl. So I think that makes my bet. I feel more confident with my bet at this point. No, 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 no. <laughs> Just because you win a division doesn't mean that you're going to make it to the Super Bowl. 
I think that the Chargers are the team that they can get hot late and they can really make a run. And I believe that they can do that. You know, so I, I want and I believe that they are going to do that. That's kind of my prediction. I think, you know, Chargers always start out, you know, kind of, uh, you know, kind of slow. Um, but then I think that they'll pick it up at the end and they'll just make a run. I just that's that's how I feel. You know, just because they're not going to win the division doesn't mean that I don't believe that they'll win it, you know, the AFC championship game. So don't be so confident on that bet, my friend. Okay. Don't be, don't, don't start this. Okay. Look, man, my birthday was this week. I'm just too old for it anymore. All right. Don't start with me. Okay. Come on. Come on. So, all right, all right, I'll I'll leave you. I'll leave you be. It was your birthday, you know. I'll I'll let it pass. Thank you. But but as far as my dark horse division winner, I got to go with the Arizona Cardinals in the NFC West because they they were right on the doorstep last year, and all they've done is gotten better at this point. Especially with the addition of Marquise Brown, now that now they got him side by side with uh, DeAndre Hopkins, and they still got Zach Ertz and James Conner just got extended as well. So they're, I feel like they're gonna they they might even overtake the Rams for the division. Really, I I really I really do because they 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 are such an electric team, and if they can just put it all together. I feel like they really could make some noise. Yeah, the big the big word in that whole statement though is if, my friend, if they can. You know, Cardinals have been the if team for the past 2 years. They've looked really good in the regular season. Oh, if only they could have stayed healthy. Oh, if only they could just put it together there at the end of the games and and win the games, you know. Oh my gosh. If 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 if. Man, they would be such a great team. Gosh, man, you sound like a, a Tampa Bay Buck fan back in the early, you know, two thousands after we won the Super Bowl and we just went on that horrible, you know, drought of never winning, making it to the playoffs. You know, oh well, you know, if if we just if we just had this or if we just had that. No, no, I don't, I don't believe it. I don't. So are you, are you just are you just are you just ripping on yourself at this point with the whole Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan statement? Like, was that you? Was hey, that... <laughs> no. Listen. We every every Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan that is listening to this knows exactly what I'm talking about. Okay, we talked about it last week. We're driving the rental. All right, we're enjoying the rental with Tom Brady, but we know that when he goes, we hope that the winning culture stays. We hope that we can find the next quarterback to take us, you know, and keep us in the winning column. You know, we hope, but ma. There's a big if, you know, and that's a the big if is over the Arizona Cardinals, you know, but you're right. I maybe I do agree with you. If they do keep it together, if they stay healthy, if they can put it all together. Yeah, they can win the division. Any team, you know, you know, if Jacksonville Jaguars had, you know, a talented roster and a good, you know, coaching staff. And if they, you know, just would win more games. Man, they would be great, you know. No duh. You did not. No, you did not just compare the Arizona Cardinals to the Jacksonville freaking Jaguars, man. I know. Well, they're my dark horse. No, I'm just kidding. They're not. <laughs> they're not. They really aren't. Although I am curious to see how because who do they got? Who do they just get as the the head coach? Uh, Doug Peterson. Yeah, Doug Peterson went to Arizona. Yeah, I mean, maybe he can, you know, build a culture. I just, yeah. And, you and I remember. think Trevor Lawrence, I, I'm going to look at this year as Trevor Lawrence's rookie year. I'm not going to look at last year as his rookie year. Yeah, because you got to see what he was working with at that point, especially with Urban Meyer running the show. That was, that was yeah. a train wreck. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, the, I mean, for the – for the head coach not to even get back on the plane with the team after they lose a game. <laughs> like, like, what are you doing? What what are you were, doing? There were reports that he, like, somebody mentioned Aaron Donald to him and he had no idea who he even was. And the reports of him kicking um, uh, Josh Lambeau at practice, like, 
Come on. My, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, who's Aaron Donald? Okay. <laughs> like, well, according to Anthony, he's the sixth best defensive player of all time. Right behind Reggie White. <laughs> <laughs> so, come on, Urban Meyer. Come on. Uh, hey, look, look, Aaron, he's still a He's still a first ballot Hall of Famer in my eyes. He's made the Pro Bowl every year uh, outside of his rookie year that he's been in the league. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's he is not. I've been over this with you. He is not in the top five all time. No, he's below Lawrence Taylor, Ray Lewis, Ed Reed, Deion Sanders. And of course, Reggie White. Yeah. See, you you're learning. Look at you. Hey. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. We're not here to press to you know press repeat on every episode. Come on. <laughs> you gave me a hard time for the Ryan Fitzpatrick. Okay, so I can yeah. give you a hard time for the Aaron Donald. Yeah, and the rest of America would give you the. Would well, give you a hard time according to the petition, I think we're up over 300 votes. So you're wrong, sir. 300. <laughs> you came at me with 300 out of 5,000. <laughs> hey, you know what? It, you got to start somewhere. <laughs> so <clears throat> really quick, though. Speaking of, I know that we were kind of touching base on the dark horse. You got Arizona Cardinals winning the NFC West. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be hard to beat the Los Angeles Rams. I think the Rams are going to be definitely, you know, the team to kind of look at for the NFC. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's between the the Bucks, Packers, and Rams, honestly, for the NFC. I don't really see any other competition there. Um, but I think the Rams are going to secure the 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 West in the NFC. I think, yeah, I guess maybe my dark horse is the Raiders because I guess maybe no one would think about the Raiders winning. So that's that's my dark horse. I'm going to say that the Raiders are going to win the AFC West. And going back to the Arizona Cardinals, you look at even who they have now on defense and who's developing on defense. They have Buda Baker, Isaiah Simmons. They have J.J. Watt. They, they, they've, got, they've got people all over, all over the field. And then... The only thing that hurts them is, of course, Chandler Jones, who went to the Raiders of all teams, who is your dark horse. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They got Chandler Jones, too, (laughs) next to Max Crosby. So that defense just got even better. Yeah. Okay. And now I feel a little bit more confident in my pick with the Raiders. (laughs) For sure. Wow. Who would you take for the AFC rest? Who would I take for the AFC West? Yeah, I would say I would say Denver at this point. Honestly, if I had to pick one dark horse out of the AFC West, it'd probably be the Denver Broncos because I, like I've said before, I've seen Russell Wilson do more with less. Hey, let's ride. <laughs> and they did get a they they did get a few new edge rushers. Um, and they got. Still got Jerry Judy. They got Patrick Sertain on the on the outside, you know. So I, I they're going to be tough to beat. And Justin Simmons at free safety. Oh, come on, come on. Yeah, no, I don't think so. <laughs> I really don't think so. I don't think uh, you know Russell is a great quarterback. I think you know it's a good fit for them, but yeah, I I don't know. Nope. Raiders all day. Well, the Chargers are going to go to the Super Bowl, okay? <laughs> I'm going to see you with like a half and half jersey of just black and silver one side and then blue and yellow on the other. Just like, like look yes, at sir. Me, man. Yeah. <laughs> Show me attention, please. <laughs> then I'll be wearing a, a red and green half and half jersey. Look like I'm a, in a Christmas movie over here. Like, <laughs> Yeah. Hey, aren't they playing on Christmas? Oh no, Tampa's playing the Cardinals on Christmas. That's right. Yeah, yeah, they are. So we'll see. We'll see what happens with that game. They're, they're playing Christmas night. I know that. 
Well, well, hey, I think both of us got an excellent Christmas gift from the NFL this year because your Packers are playing Miami and oh, yeah. the Bucks are playing the Cardinals. And yeah, that's we're going to win both of those. So thank you, NFL. We appreciate you. <laughs> we definitely do. And let me drop my usual little history fact on because you spoke of that. Oh, history. No, okay, uh, everyone. <laughs> the third it, like, installment of Anthony's NFL history <laughs> crazy stat. Like, let's, like, let's you know, go. Rogers actually has one of his most famous plays against the Miami Dolphins. I don't know if you if you know that. No. But what was it? He replicated Dan Marino's fake spike in Miami to win the game. I believe it was 2014, I believe we did that. They were driving down the field. It was a last-second play. They were about to spike it, faked it, and we won the game. (laughs) That probably got a lot of media attention. Oh, yeah, because it was the fact that he pulled off the fake spike in Miami, replicating Dan Marino at that point. Look at him. What a copycat. Gosh. Shut up. <laughs> That's pretty cool, though, that he did it against Miami, you know, with Dan Marino being the Miami quarterback uh, mm-hmm. back in the day. Mm-hmm. He, really he probably did that on purpose. Aaron Rodgers is a smart guy. He, he knew what he was doing. Yeah, yeah he, he always knows what he's doing. <laughs> he's got the media raptor on his finger. Oh, yeah, for sure. And, like, we – and he has the fans wrapped around his finger, too, every year. Super Bowl it is, and then they lose in the NFC Championship game. So I know you're not comparing us to Dallas Cowboy fans right now. I know that. Like, no. Well, I don't know. Maybe. I mean, are you saying that you sound like uh, does that does that sound like a Dallas Cowboy fan? Well, no. The Dallas Cowboys fans <laughs> are, are much more delusional. They're they're still riding the coattails of Troy Aikman in the '90s. Of this is our year. This is our year. And then, and then, <laughs> and then they don't even make the playoffs, and they go like nine and eight. It's like, oh, okay. Well, I mean, you know, or, oh no, Packers beat them, didn't they? Back in the day. Oh yeah, because Des Bryant, it wasn't a catch. Yeah, and then it, it's weird because by by today's rules, that it was a catch. catch. It was a catch. It was a catch. You know, sometimes you're the bug, sometimes you're the windshield, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that day. You definitely, or the Dallas Cowboys were definitely the uh, bug. Mm-hmm. So poor Des Bryant. Speak, what has anyone heard of Des Bryant? Wasn't he trying to make a comeback? He he was at when at one point I want to say he was on the Ravens roster. Oh, he was. He was on the Ravens roster with uh, Le'Veon Bell, I believe, at one point. That's but, right. But uh, at this point. I really don't. I don't know what's what's been up with him, but I, I feel like he'd still be able to make a comeback at this point. Yeah, I, he was never really the fastest receiver, but man, as far as being a big one-on-one receiver, Des Bryant was it for for Dallas for a while when they had. Oh um, yeah, him and uh, Demarco Murray and, and and the play action they'd run with that with it was. It was yeah. it was really cool to see whenever we whenever we did play Dallas, but no, all, and I think and he's not that old, right? I mean, he might be what like mid thirties. Yeah, he's he's thirty three years old as far as I can see. Yeah, so I mean, he's he's so he could still play for probably what four more years. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I'd give him another four, maybe even, even five years, but it all falls back on you know how he. How he's feeling and who wants to give him an opportunity at this point, you know? Yeah. And, I mean, maybe – did he get injured? Is that why he left? Or what happened to him? I, I think he just – I don't think he was injured at at that point. No, I don't – because I, I don't remember him being injured. But he probably just was just tired of, of – uh, the game at that point, he probably didn't have the drive to keep, keep going at that point. He took a few years off, came back to Baltimore, had an opportunity there, but I don't think he ever cracked the starting lineup because obviously at that point they had Marquise Brown and and all those guys there at that point. So. Yeah. 
Yeah, maybe he just I don't know. That's so weird. But he kind of just fell I off the maybe, face of the earth. He really did, and it wasn't until just like this conversation that I re- I was remembering Des Bryant, and then I was like, man, he was actually really good, and I never. I never remember him being like bad in the NFL. So I don't like I, that's why I was like, what happened with him? Because I didn't know if it was an injury. I didn't know if he just just kind of like what you said, just fell off the face of the earth. But, you know, uh, a lot of the times we see great players and they, they get injured and they get injured in the later part of the season because of the wear and tear that the NFL players go through. And now the NFL just added an extra week. You know, last year to the NFL season, well, George Kittle has had enough of it, all right? He's had enough, Roger Goodell, all right? You and all your deals that you get with the TV media, and now, you know, Amazon and Apple and Google are getting in here, and they're going to just, oh, you know, fill your bank account right up, Mr. Goodell. Well, (laughs) Kittle is over it, and I'm sure a lot of players are over it, too. They should add another bye week. And I feel like the NFL really messed up in that regard because they added another regular season game. But all they did was they took away a preseason game that the starters never played in that game in the first place. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't – look, I don't get the preseason. I'm Maybe one game, maybe or maybe two games, you know. Do it this way. Have two preseason games – don't have your starters play. Who cares? It's preseason. Mm-hmm. Or maybe have them play the first half of both games just to kind of get the, you know, just to, or maybe the first quarter of the second game. Mm-hmm. And then let the let the backups earn a spot, you know? Because there's a lot of players out there that don't get enough opportunity in the preseason itself, you know, so this could give the the backups, the guys who are trying to make the, you know, 53-man roster, you know, and so cut it down to two preseason games, add a, add a bye week in there, and then, yeah, do two bye weeks. But <laughs> watch the NFL be like, all right, yeah, we'll do two bye weeks, uh, Dallas Cowboys week five and six are your bye weeks and they do like two weeks <laughs> off or something like that. like really early in the season or it'd be like okay so week what 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 week does bye week start week four right yeah I want to say like week four bye weeks will start kicking in and then a lot of teams will get theirs like midway through the season and then I know with all these international games now they can opt to take that bye week directly after the um, international game just to avoid any jet lag and all unless that, if all you're that the stuff. green bay packers because y'all are hardcore oh yeah we're, we're hardcore like that man we don't we don't need a bye week after yeah i mean what's the point in trying when you're going to lose in the playoffs that's that's the big question and, and you know we're playing the giants in london that that week so oh our, so it is a bye week oh, okay yeah, great yeah yeah well our starters will be resting by halftime that game so. <laughs> yeah for sure <laughs> you know speaking of the giants there was a little rumor okay and i know that we didn't talk about this pre-show you know because we do we do try and you know like hey like make this thing like you know good but <laughs> and i mean who knows if it is or not you be the judge of that i like it i like talking Mm-hmm. Um, Saquon Barkley, there's been a rumor. Now, it was by uh, Pewter Report, which is a, um, a like a Tampa Bay Buccaneer, you know, like media uh, blog or whatever. And they said there was a, they hinted at possibly the Bucks trading for Saquon Barkley. Me personally, nah, I don't really like it. But I mean, I don't know. What do you think? I mean, we got Leonard uh, Fournette. We got Giovanni Bernard. We got we just picked up Rashad White, you know, which I feel like he's going to be a great weapon out of the backfield as far as receiving. I, I feel like he deserves a chance in a better situation than what he's in because I, I've seen him. He puts up insane numbers with hardly any offensive line at all. So imagine if he was – in like a Jonathan Taylor situation where he had a top tier offensive line. And I feel like he would really just tear it up at that point, you know, like 
or even like the Matthew Stafford situation. He, he Matthew Stafford was always really talented. He was just on the Detroit Lions all of his career, and then he finally goes to L.A. and wins a Super Bowl. So I, I feel like it's more the situation he's in versus his actual production on the field. So then what would be a good fit? So, I mean, like, I know that I just, you know, kind of mentioned Tampa. I, I don't like it. I, no, I don't I, know why. No, I Tampa. Just, I don't like it. Tampa for sure wouldn't fit. But a run-heavy scheme with a good offensive line that I feel like he would fit well in, get, give him a shot in Baltimore. Like, hey. Like, like you, you run him with uh, – with those guys that they have, I feel like he would tear it up there. Yeah, and they do have a pretty decent offensive line. I forget about that. Baltimore actually would be a good fit for Saquon Barkley. You know what? We need to start a petition. Get Saquon to Baltimore. Get him out of New York. Because imagine him and J.K. Dobbins in the backfield, and they just they just Ooh. draft they just drafted a center too. Like, yeah, <laughs> man, that would be that would be a good duo right there. And, you know, it's so funny because, like, I was reading his stats, and his rookie year he had, like, over 1,300 yards. And then in his second year they said that he had a drop-off year, but he still had over 1,000 yards rushing. So it's like, I mean, okay. So a drop-off year for Saquon Barkley is 1,000 yards? I mean, mm-hmm. I'll take it, you know. That's like uh, the stat that came up with Aaron Rodgers, you know, like mm-hmm. with his interceptions or with his uh, – I don't know, passing yards. Like he had like a down year and it was still like a ridiculous, like, mm-hmm. yeah, his down year was most average starting quarterbacks, like good cool. year. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. His, I think his exact quote was my, my, my down years are, are, are an average quarterbacks, like career years. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. <laughs> and that's what makes him one of the best of the best, you know? So, and I think Saquon Barkley can be the best, one of the best of the best in, in the league for running back. You know, it's just been really unfortunate because, I mean, he he had to do so much when he got to New York because they relied on him so much in the running game. And it's so funny because they they drafted him and then they didn't draft any offensive line. Or if mm-hmm. they did, they didn't, I mean, it, it wasn't, they didn't pan out, you know? So, I mean, I've, it's been not a good situation for Saquon in New York for sure. So, but I like it. I like Saquon and to Baltimore. I think that would be a good fit. Yeah, and they, as far as the New York, the, the New York Giants go and they're drafting. I mean, come on, they they took Daniel Jones fifth overall. I don't, I don't trust their scouts. Danny the Dimes, my friend, Danny Dimes. <laughs> Hey, man, he almost had a great rushing touchdown a couple of years ago, or maybe it was last year, but then he tripped over himself. (laughs) I remember that. (laughs) It was so funny because they clocked him, and he got like up over like 21 miles per hour. It was like the guy just outran himself. Mm -hmm. He was like, I shouldn't be going this fast. (laughs) So funny. the, The Giants are just a mess right now. Like, are the Giants becoming the new Jacksonville Jaguars? As far as they're like the Jags of the NFC at this point, I would say. Ooh. <laughs> so they've taken the place of the Detroit Lions. At least Detroit, you can see the direction they're trying to go into. Maybe they might not be very good still, but you can see the the direction they're like I said, they're trying to get to and what they're trying to do as an organization. Because at least they got an average quarterback in Jared Goff. They've upgraded that offensive line. They drafted that receiver. They have DeAndre Swift. They're, they're trying to do something at this point. You can see that. Yeah, no, for sure. And I think that Detroit might actually have a pretty decent year. Now, they're still in a pretty tough division, especially with Green Bay being in it. Um, you know, so, but... I mean, what's a good year for Detroit? Like, what if they win eight games? Would that be a win for Detroit at this point because they haven't seen that in a while? Or would it have to be, like, a winning record, you know? I feel like either they win – say they win 10, 11 games and they find themselves in a wild card position even. Like, like that would be a win to them and it would show that they're actually going in the right direction. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think at this point you just need to see that you can make it to the playoffs, even if it's on a wild card, mm-hmm. you know, and just get into the dance. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, that's what every NFL team wants. I mean, look at what the Giants did against the undefeated New England Patriots. They got into the dance and they didn't even think that they were going to make it into the playoffs. And then they did and they ended up going on and they won. That's the one thing with the Giants is when when they get to that point, they always seem unstoppable. They they were like the like the Joe Flacco Ravens. Like they, they they just need to get to that point. And then once they got to that point, a switch just flips for them. I don't I don't get it. Yeah, but I mean I don't know if that's going to be the same if they get to the playoffs now and it's not Eli Manning at quarterback. Yeah, it's a matter of do they trust Daniel Jones at that point at, at quarterback? And I want to say I saw a report that they they didn't offer him, they didn't pick up his his fifth year option, and I feel like they want to have this as a prove it year of okay, you play well, and we'll give you your extension that you're looking for. Yeah, do the Giants trade for Baker Mayfield? I don't think so. I really don't because I, I really because I, like I said, they want to they want to see that the investment they made with that, like I said, fifth overall pick pan out. They 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 don't want it to just go up in flames already at that point. Yeah, well, I mean, Cleveland with their first overall pick, they were like, nah, I'll be all right, <laughs> and, and we'll pay half of his salary. That that's like they're like, hey, we'll we'll pay half of his salary just to get him out of here, mm-hmm. which is crazy. That's so crazy. And you know what? I, it's all of a sudden I'm a Baker Mayfield fan because I'm just like, I hope he does well because the Browns I feel like a hundred percent pulled a Browns move. They went with the guy who, first of all, might be a complete scumbag off the field. And he might not even play. <laughs> he might not even play. Uh, and they uh, were just like, man, we don't need it. Uh, <laughs> we gave him fully guaranteed money. He might get suspended. We'll trade our, our quarterback who we already have on the roster who knows the system. Eh, and, we, and we got him first overall. <laughs> he was the number one pick a few years back. Out of all the players that you could have gotten, you chose that man. And now, just a few years later, you're like, eh, he'll be all right. Yeah, he'll be all right. Yeah. That, that's such a Browns thing to do. Like, It, it is. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> I'm really curious to see where Baker goes to. I hope yeah. he goes somewhere and he just does his thing. Because I don't think he's a horrible quarterback. I don't think he's a top-tier quarterback by any means. But I think in the right system, I think he can definitely do well. You know, I mean, look at what – man, who was it? Look at, like, Case Keenum and Nick Foles. You know, I mean, those guys got plugged into the right system. They had the right guys around them. They had the right coaching staff around them. And everything just kind of fell into place for a couple of years for those guys, mm-hmm. you know? And I mean, you just, you never know, you know, yeah. you never know. I mean, Tom Brady wasn't supposed to be Tom Brady when he got drafted. No, he's the anomaly of all anomalies in NFL history, being a six round yes. pick and coming out as the greatest, the greatest to ever do it, you know, like, as far as accolades and everything goes, you know, he, he's, there's no argument at that point, you know? Yeah. So, but we'll get all into that next week. I think we're going to be covering some draft bust over the years, some draft wins over the years. So mm-hmm. definitely stay tuned for next week because you do not want to miss the episode. If you haven't already, follow us on Twitter, follow us on Instagram. Anthony, big week this week coming up. After this episode is released, we are officially going to get onto Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts, my friend. <laughs> We're, We're going up begin. in the world. <laughs> I know. Look at us. Look at us. Hey, who would have thought? Who would have thought, you know? So 
But follow us on Twitter. That's where we're most active. We love to hear from you guys. We want to hear from you guys. We want to engage with you guys. This is what we're doing this for. We're just two guys living life, talking football, having fun, trying to bring entertainment to your ear holes. And so that's what we're going to just try and continue to do. But we appreciate your listening. We appreciate your support. Anthony, it's been fun, my friend. It's been real. and We will see you all next week. We will see you guys next week, Wednesday at 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Till then, my friends, have a good one. Mm-hmm. Sayonara. <laughs> mm-hmm.